0: Hey, y'all. This is Jacqueline from Cedar Grove, Wisconsin. We're going to listen to Sinister Sightings with our favorite Donna and Carrie. On. And I'm Carrie, and we are a paranormal chicks. Sinister Sightings 172, and you just heard Jacqueline. That music, though. I know. I thought there was going to be like a jack in the box that came out with that, like how it was cranking mm-hmm. up. That reminds me of on uh, Elf
1: when he has to. He's the tester. Oh he has yeah. To
0: <laughs> test- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, God. This was Elf, but a uh, creepy version. Like, let's play a game. No, yeah. do you want to play a game? Yeah. I don't I don't know what the shake in my voice was. <laughs> I was really nervous
0: about the game. I didn't want to lose. I don't want to play any of those games.
1: Well, if you want to do an amazing intro, just like Jacqueline, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right. Let's jump on in. By the by, before we get started.
0: <laughs> let's well, jump well, on
1: in. It's, it's, it's. it's on topic ma'am uh i saw some people in the facebook group kind of want to know where we were um and we're like at the end of september 2021 in the letters okay the first one hey girls i won't fangirl as much this time as i got most of it out of my system last time this one is extremely personal and i'd love to hear your thoughts you may not choose to share this one and that's okay but just wanted to share it with you ladies This all happened when I was very young and stupid. In 2012, my daughter was born in August. Donna, we're all Leos and proud of it.
0: Oh my God, and we're reading this, so in August. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: My birthday is August 11th, and her birthday is August 7th. I love that yours is so close, too. It's like I have another BFF with a close birthday. And just a few months before this, my grandmother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. She passed in December 2012. My grandmother was one of the best women you could ever meet. She was even named a saint of the Methodist church she had been a part of. She was very Christian and active with everything she could be in the church. I love my grandmother and hope to grow to be a fraction of the woman she was. It's pertinent to the story to say at this time I was in an extremely toxic and abusive relationship with baby daddy slash boyfriend at the time. Also important to say that at this time, the synthetic marijuana K2 was big and not quite legal yet. My boyfriend had a 40 to $60 a day habit of this and I would smoke a bowl or two a day as well. I won't sugarcoat that part. My life was falling apart, and I felt like I had no way out, and I was terrified to be alone with a newborn baby and a toddler. When my grandmother was on her deathbed, we were all able to say our goodbyes, as she was able to love on all her babies, her great grandchildren, for one last time. Starting the night of her funeral, and for a long time after that, I would feel the presence of my grandma. We would put my baby girl to bed in her crib, and we would go into our room next to hers. We would hear her cooing, laughing, and baby talking, something she had never done before. It was very eerie. This next part happened on two different occasions. I know, I never learned my lesson the first time. I got high and just became paralyzed. I couldn't move at all. Not my eyes, not my head, neck, nothing. All I could hear was my own breathing and anything else around me was muffled like earplugs were inserted. I had no sensory feelings, just what was going on inside of my head. Suddenly, my entire life flashes before my eyes. You hear about this with stories of people drowning and such. I thought to myself, I'm going into a coma and going to die. From my very first memories up until that very moment of life flashed before me, The absolute feeling of, if I don't change my life, this is going to be my end, engulfed me. I have no idea how long this went on. I just know that eventually I could move my fingers, then head, and eventually my whole body, and all feeling was back. It was my biggest epiphany moment, and I know that it was my grandmother telling me to get help and get out of that situation I was in. A few weeks later, I went to a psych ward and got my head on straight and began my health journey. My boyfriend wasn't going to change and it shocked me when my entire family supported me and got him to leave and help me in so many ways to get back on my feet to begin my life as a single mom, clean and sober. I know that a lot of people will say that it's just the K2 as it became super illegal and lots of stories came out about how it affected people and maybe you're right, but in my heart of hearts, I believe that my grandmother stayed and kicked my ass into gear to change my life for the better. Since then, I've never felt her around me again and my baby girl never giggled or cooed or baby talked in her crib again. I've grown and matured immensely and it's even hard to recognize that that was me back then. I'm grateful for the changes that have happened. Second short story time. I wrote the above story a while ago and it's been sitting in my drafts and now I need to tack on what happened to me last night as it's short. A few nights ago, I booked a spiritual reading with a psychic medium. There are some answers I'm looking for and I hope she can help. I'll most likely end up sending in those results afterwards. Last night, I was asleep and dreaming. Unfortunately, I don't remember the details of the dream, except that I was talking to a spirit. The spirit was a good spirit, and I remember in the dream that there was a blinding light that the spirit was showing me, telling me that this is how I will become more of a paranormal sensitive. After that, I wake up to hear my husband trying to tell Alexa to turn off the bedroom light. Our bedroom light is hooked up to Alexa because extra large pizzas don't like getting up once we're settled. However, the light had been on for hours. This was around two a.m. ish. The light just all of a sudden randomly turned on. I have no idea if my dream was a result of the light turning on or if I Matilded that shit on. It'd be fucking awesome if I did. In my still half-sleep state, I told Alexa to turn it off because she wouldn't turn it off for my husband. I went to pee, told my oldest son to get to sleep, and went back to sleep myself. Maybe in my appointment, the psychic medium can tell me if that was just a coincidence or not. Who knows? But I thought you enjoyed the story. Thank you, ladies, so much for all you do, being my constant companions. And I love listening, and we really do have so much in common. I hope next time you're in Casey or Missouri or close to it for the True Crime Podcast Festival, I can come meet you, fabulous ladies. Creep it real and don't get scared. Signed behind you.
0: Okay, you don't have to scare us with the last two words. I uh, no. Happy early birthday. Well, whether
1: or not it was your grandmother kicking your ass, it, it worked. So, we'll go with it's her.
0: Yeah. Well, also, it could have been the K2. But who's to say that your grandmother didn't use that, use that to get your attention and help you change your life? Either way, that's fucking amazing. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. And let us know about the uh, psychic, too. Yes. Two months from now, we have an email from you. Right. (laughs) Like that we finally get to. (laughs) All right, the next one. Hello, I absolutely love your podcast. Your banter is so entertaining to listen to. And it makes my workday go by faster. I'm a pediatric home health nurse, so it's nice to have adult conversations to listen to while I work. I have four stories for you, and I don't care if you use my name. First off, how I came to love the APC podcast. I started listening to paranormal podcasts with my husband and 8-year-old daughter on a long road trip from home in Texas to hubby's home state of Nebraska in July of 2021. We listened to Scared to Death by Dan Cummings and his wife, Lindsay, and our daughter surprisingly loved the creepy stories. Honestly, I think she just didn't want to fall asleep, but she hated when they, quote, Talk to each other. We finished that podcast rather quickly during our trip, and I was hooked to podcast after that. But I needed to find another to binge during my work commute and work day. I work with one nonverbal patient all day, providing home health care, and it's in pediatrics. So there's only so much Shrek or Dr. Seuss movies I can stand listening to in my day. However, when I found your podcast, both my youngest daughter and I listened and fell in love with the stories, and she has never once asked me to fast forward through y'all's banter. Then, one day, my daughter got upset at me because I listened to the new Scared to Death podcast episode without her. So, hubby turned it on YouTube on the living room TV. That night, she cried when it was bedtime, and she was terrified. I asked her how come she can listen to a paranormal chick's and not get scared, and And she said because y'all stories are fake. I didn't have the heart to tell her that it was the opposite. That scared to death is more often fiction and APC is nonfiction most of the time. What makes it more palatable for her, I think, is your laughter and funny banter that we both love listening to together. Please give a big shout out to Hazel, one of your little creepster fans. Okay, so my second story, The Pencil Trick. I grew up in the 90s when Saturday cartoons and riding bikes were a thing. A time when jump rope and hand clap games were what young girls did to have fun. Before I learned about Bloody Mary or light as a feather, stiff as a board game, a friend once explained to me a cool pencil trick that later in life I perfected. As it was explained to me, if you take a number two pencil and place a threaded sewing needle in its eraser, You can tell any girl how many kids she will have, the sex of their babies, and in what order she will have them. To do this trick, you hold the thread from the top and rub the thread along the outside of the girl's palm 10 times. Then hold the lead side of the pencil over the wrist of that same hand. The pencil will spiral in circles for a girl and in a linear direction for a boy. The way I remembered this was circle for a girl like the vagina and a line for a boy like the penis. In between circles and lines, the pencil will stop like as if at a period in a sentence. and may spiral in one spot before picking up momentum and continuing to the next order of their children. I have tried tricking it and swinging it the way I wanted it to go. I tried moving my hand completely and then returning it. And for myself, it always showed the same thing girl, girl, boy, girl, girl. Here's the interesting part. When I was pregnant, I was told taking your wedding ring and putting a thread through it, and in the same concept as above, put it over your belly and it will tell you if your baby is a boy or a girl. So fast forward several years later, I had my first baby, a little girl at 19 with my high school sweetheart, now ex-husband. Two years later, we had another little girl, a year and a half later, a little boy, and four years after, a little girl. After our little girl, my ex fell in love with his co-worker and asked for a divorce. This was a really difficult and messy time but necessary because otherwise I would have never met my husband now and important in how it relates to the pencil trick. When I met my current husband, my mom warned me Marrying a man with no kids that he may want one of his own. This brought my thoughts back to the pencil trick. Because once I was divorced and a mom of four, I had already debunked the pencil trick since I didn't foresee any more kids in my future. And hubby was not convinced he wanted any more kids either. Truth be told, he was afraid of having his quote own child that it would lessen his love for the other four kids. Mushy, I know, but I fell more in love with him after that. And as a mom of more than one child, I know it's impossible to love the others less. So after talking it over with my hubby, we decided to have a baby. I had my fifth and last child, a little girl, in the same order as the pencil trick had predicted— girl, girl, boy, girl, girl. What I learned is when I tried the pencil trick with my wedding ring over my wrist years later, it showed only one girl, then stopping and going in circles. I was still curious though and took out my old wedding ring from my ex, I'm saving it for my oldest daughter, and tried the trick over my wrist and it only showed four kids, girl, girl, boy, girl, and then stopped going in circles. I don't know for sure if this trick works for everyone, or if I have an odd gift, but I've done the pencil trick to all my girls who are now 20, 18, 16, 13, and nine years old, and we will have to wait and see if mom's predictions are right. For my third story, it's about a dream I had about my beloved grandpa. For this to make sense, I need to provide a little backstory. We all have a favorite grandparent, I believe, For me, my paternal grandpa was my everything. My grandpa didn't meet my dad until he was 18 years old, so he felt like he had a lot of catching up to do. Or maybe I reminded him of his first wife, his high school sweetheart. I'm told I look a lot like her. At any rate, he loved me, and I adored him. My father at the time was a difficult man to be around, and it felt like walking on eggshells in my home at any given time. My grandpa would take my brother and my sister and I camping he was a scout leader for the boy scouts and individually to sleepovers at his house whenever he got the chance. We lived about 30 45 minutes away so he would do his best to make all of my brother's football games and any events I had as well. My sister was younger and not into much at the time. I believe we still have some videotapes with his voice recording in the background. Because if he was at a kid's event, you can count on him recording it. My grandpa would pay me to do light housekeeping at his house and take me to get perms. Yes, I'm an 80s, 90s kid and perms were in. And we'd play cards after dinner. When my family would all go over, we would have big dinners and gather for a game of Uno around the table while cops played in the background. My grandpa even took me to a Beach Boys concert. I was his plus one. We rode in a limo and dressed up. I remember being so excited because their drummer was going to be Jesse from Full House, and that would be the closest I have ever been to someone famous. My grandpa also had big plans for my future. I was the designated person in our house who bandaged up all of my siblings' cuts and scrapes, which led my grandpa to dream of me becoming a nurse. He would tell me once I graduated from high school, I could get an apartment with him and go to the big university in his hometown and become a nurse. Although he did warn me not to get mixed up with boys. That warning landed on deaf ears because I met my high school sweetheart a couple of months before I turned 16. Side note, my grandpa met my ex and even videotaped that birthday, and that was also the last happy memory I have with him. July 1997. Now time for the dreadful dream. While sleeping in one Saturday morning, I had a dream that felt so real. Boom. It was in the fall on a trail of sorts in a forest. My grandpa walked with a cane that had an eagle head on it that unscrewed off the top. He said he hid things in there like money or medications for emergencies, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Anyhow, grandpa was walking next to me with his cane and the other hand behind my back. We walked for a while and off the path towards a tree that had recently fell, and we sat together. While we were walking, grandpa tells me that he's going away and that grandma wasn't going to be the same. He lived with his mom, my great-grandma. It must have really scared me because grief took me over instantly and I started to wail and cry while sleeping. My mother tells me it was the most horrific sound and she went running to my room and woke me up. I don't remember what happened after the dream, I just remember being scared for my grandpa. In September 1997, my grandpa passed away. I was heartbroken and still talk about him today. Not one day passes without his memory, and I tell my kids how special he was and still use all of his quirky sayings with my kids. My family went to his home to go through his belongings with other family members, and I volunteered to go get sandwiches and chips with Grandma at the local supermarket just to get out of the house. It wasn't the same without Grandpa there. While coming home, I told Grandma how much I loved and missed my Grandpa. Side note, my Grandpa was named after his dad, grandma's husband and she stated to me that no one would love him like she loved him i thought huh maybe because he was her son but then she started to talk about love in a way that between a mother and a son would be gross and it wasn't until she turned into oncoming traffic did i realize that she had no idea where she was or who i was talking about rest assured we did make it home safely I was only 16, and I didn't really know what to do, and I can't remember when or how long after Grandpa passed that great-grandma was diagnosed with dementia and was put into a retirement home. That dream warned me not only of my grandpa's passing, but also my great-grandma's decline in health. If it wasn't for great-grandma's health declining, I would just assume my dream was an odd coincidence. But since then, I am convinced those closest to me can and will come to me in my dreams, to prepare me for their departure. And for my last story, sorry it's lengthy, it's about my mom's cancer. Before this story, I have a bit of backstory. My mom was diagnosed with uterine cancer right after I was accepted into nursing school in 2017. I would like to say that after a complete hysterectomy and chemotherapy and radiation, she was in remission, but no, mom caught it too late and she will fight it for years. Her cancer grew through the uterine wall and attacked her lymphatic system, and now in 2021 is diagnosed with stage 3 uterine cancer. In the beginning of this year, 2021, two weeks before her birthday, mom was taken to the hospital by ambulance. On a Sunday morning when I arrived at church, my mom's friends met me at the door. Just a side note, my mom is single, lives along with her little dog Poppy, only 10 minutes away from me, and attends several church community groups throughout the week, so she has a ton of friends. And she's also a substitute teacher at the local school district. However, due to her health, she now only accepts high school jobs because she says Teens avoid the teacher, and that's good because I don't want to catch anything from them anyway. You know, being she is immune compromised and all. Anyway, mom's friend told me she wasn't at church yet, which was very odd. She was always early to church to visit with her friends. During church service, one of her friends asked me if we should drive up to her house since she wasn't answering any of our texts or phone calls. So I asked someone to cover my pre-K Sunday school class, and we drove over to mom's place. When we arrived at Mom's, her car was still there, which was a good sign to me, but we could hear her dog barking and the phone ringing as we called from outside the house, and she still wasn't answering the door. I started to knock on all of her windows. She lives in a small granny-style house with one bedroom and one bathroom, so it's easy to access all the windows to every room. I called out to her, mom, mom. Finally, she came to the living room window and she looked so confused like she was stuck in a box and she began to fuss with the window latch to try to let me in the window. I kept shouting, mom, no, no, go to the door. Open the door, mom. At this point, I'm trying to remain calm and put my nurse hat on, but at this point, I felt like I was choking on a lump in the throat. She finally opened the door with a dog leash and a Bible study manual in her hands, complaining about a headache. Mom's friend quickly called her husband to pick her up so we could take Mom to the hospital. But due to Mom's confusion and difficulty getting her into the car, We called the ambulance instead. Before they arrived, I did the nurse thing and took her vitals and blood sugar and wrote it all down to report it back to the paramedic. Once the paramedics arrived, mom's friend left with her husband and I followed the ambulance to the hospital. That was the scariest and longest drive alone ever. I had to call my husband to explain everything and have him go pick up our eight-year-old at church since I left her in class thinking mom's phone was just on silent and she must have slept in so I would be right back. Boy, was I wrong. Sorry for the tangents, but my husband does not attend church with me and the littles, so when he arrived at the front desk at the church to pick up our eight-year-old, I just wish I could have been there to see his face. The youth director told me that she met him at the front and said, oh, you must be Hazel's dad. You look lost. Even our daughter said, my dad is here? When they called her out of class. Wish I could have seen their faces. But anyhow, back to my story. When we arrived at the emergency room, I had to go through the main entrance and my mom went through the back. It took a while for her and I to be together in a room again, and I won't go into all the details. Everyone knows how long and terrible waiting around feels in an emergency. Between the paramedic, the nurse, my mom, and myself, many details were lost, and I tried to get them to understand just how confused my mom was. But because mom knew all of her stuff about her cancer— I mean, she's been dealing with it for four years, people. She knows it like the back of her hand. But the fact that she couldn't find the front door of her own house and answered the door with a dog leash and a study manual was a huge red flag for me. I've never felt more insignificant in my life. My mom was given morphine for her headache and a Pepsid for her stomach. And within 30 minutes, my mom had a seizure. A Jacksonian seizure, to be exact. She was holding my hand, looked directly into my eyes, and said, ow, 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 and squeezed my hand tighter and tighter in a rhythmic pattern. In my head, I was shouting, help my mom, but I realized the door was closed and I couldn't reach the call button, so I had to let go of my mom's hand and get help. I opened the door and thought I screamed, but my voice came out like a squeaky little mouse instead. I was finally able to mutter, help my mom, something's wrong, to the first nurse next to me. They rushed in and her assigned doctor, who we haven't even met yet, looked at her and me and said, I know it's scary, but she's having a seizure. I knew that, but in hindsight, why did they not roll her on her side? After the seizure finished, mom's heart rate dropped significantly and she stopped breathing. Y'all, my mom stopped breathing. I heard the hospital's monitors dreaded continuous alarm tone for the flatline codes you hear in the movies, and it was for my mom. That's when things got a little crazy. A code was called and they had me stand outside the door because the room was so tiny and quickly becoming crowded as they started CPR and trying to intubate her. I would have been in the way and I knew that. However, I did the only thing I could. I dropped to my knees next to her door and prayed or more like a repetitive chant, God, please don't take my mom. Please, please, God, don't take my mom. One nurse tried to get me to sit in a chair, and another nurse tried to escort me to a waiting room, and we were still in COVID, but I held my ground and did not leave her door. I did sit in a chair, but I felt praying to God in a big way was necessary at that moment, and since I wasn't being a tripping hazard, nor was I embarrassed to be on my knees, I don't know what the problem was, to be honest. Once mom was intubated, I called my husband and told him I didn't care who watched our daughter. We're usually really strict with who watches our kids, but I needed him now. Sorry, another tangent. My husband, bless his heart, showed up at the hospital and he called to tell me that the hospital wouldn't let him come in to me. But I did not care. He was coming in and I was not leaving. So I told the first nurse I saw, my mom just coded. I need my husband. He's outside and they won't let him in. The nurse met him outside and brought him back into the family room, and on their way to the room, the nurse asked my husband, oh, your mother-in-law has COVID? Remember, she was intubated. He instantly was livid and said, no, she has cancer, not COVID. Once I escorted him to the family room, I again crumbled to my knees and sobbed with my head in his lap. My mom spent a week in the hospital, three of those days in ICU, intubated with me at her bedside, and the other four on the med surge floor. Luckily, my brother flew in to relieve me so I could be at home with my husband and kids once mom was coherent and out of the ICU. Mom had a UTI, which does crazy things to older people, and I've seen it before in the hospital during my rotations, but I never saw my mom as elderly at 62 years old. But with her UTI causing the confusion and the new chemo drug in pill form, it really made her blood pressure and sugars go haywire. And my poor mom had become a chemistry experiment gone wrong. To top off mom's near-death experience from her three days of intubation, even with the TEDs and the SCDs on, she developed a blood clot. So now on blood thinners and awaiting her three-month CAT scan, we will see if she finally can be in remission. Have I said fuck cancer? If not, fuck cancer. We are so over it. But she continues to battle because her goal is to see all of her grandchildren graduate high school. And so far, she is two for 12. So she has a lot to live for. Side tangent, sorry not sorry. My mom is an extra large pizza herself. And I find there must be more that could be done in hospitals to prevent blood clots and TEDs and SCDs in an ICU. Any thoughts? Okay, now for the ironic part of my story, six months after this event, my husband, daughter, and I were going on vacation, and my mom is doing great, receiving a different type of chemo treatment, but not able to travel so she wouldn't be going with us on vacation. Then, one night before we left for vacation, I sat straight up in bed and couldn't breathe, and my heart pounded, and I felt so hot and I was instantly scared for my mom. I didn't want to leave her and I was so nervous. I was afraid and I had a panic attack that my mom would pass away while I was gone. My husband comforted me and the very next night, our daughter, right before bed, gave me a kiss, snuggled up in my lap and whispered, Mom, sometimes I'm so afraid that Grandma will get sick and go away forever. I told her, oh baby, go hug dad. He had to help me last night too. When she told him, he said, oh no, not again, two nights in a row. I told him I never told her about the night before. We both just had the same uneasy feelings, but I'm happy to report that we did go on vacation and mom was fine while we were gone. I suppose my daughter and I are just super sensitive and may have the same abilities I can't promise my daughter and I won't be complete fangirling in the car when we hear these stories right on your podcast. Love everything y'all do. Keep it up, Michelle and Hazel. Well, first things first. You're the realist. Hazel is the realist. Mm-hmm. So shout out, little creepster.
1: Uh, also, you know Donna and I understand sick parents.
0: Yes. It's very scary. And we both know fuck cancer. <laughs> yes. Also, before we dive into all of them, I just have to say, I love your side tangents, and I think they always added to the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I could feel the emotion more, and just, I don't know. But going back to the first one, that pencil trick. I'm like, I want to do it. Like, how? Like, what does it do for people who don't have kids? That's what she's saying, like, to do it before, and it's like,
1: no, 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 you don't want kids. Oh,
0: you said don't have.
1: No, but I mean, like, like don't have, don't want. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's do it. Not right this minute, because, yeah. you know. But, like, let's do it. Okay.
0: But I've heard about the one that, like, you go over your belly or whatever, and it would tell you if it's a boy or a girl. So, yeah. Also, your grandpa's story, it reminded me of, one, my grandpa, my mom's mom, but it reminded me of Carrie and her papa. Also, just you with your, like, medical jargon and stuff. I don't know. You just remind me of Carrie because Carrie was always the one who was having to take like, blood pressure and everything with my mom and my nanny. Like, everything. Even when the first responders came, swear. Carrie still had to take it. Because they were like, how do we work this one? What? Because it was manual.
1: Yeah, well, but it was like a, a combo. Like, it was. Which those are shit anyway. So, that's probably why they don't know how to use it. But it was like, it's just
0: like, it's just a whatever. <laughs> but luckily, Carrie's been there. But it just reminded me. Of everything, yeah, blood clots. What are your thoughts on that, Carrie? About being an extra large pizza and like what they could do? Uh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Well, I mean, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're already
1: on blood dinners and you wearing the hose and you got the SEDs on, SCDs or SEDs? SCDs, SCDs okay. is what she had. Because the TEDs are the hose and the SCDs are the little keek, keek, keek uh, 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 things that yeah. pump your legs. <laughs> Of course we do two separate sounds. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, I I mean, movement really, but. I know. So that the blood doesn't pool in the calves. Yeah. That's the only thing. Get a therapy consult.
0: It just sucks because like when you're immobile, you know, they're doing what they can, but it, it sucks. My sister who had ovarian cancer, she, she got a blood clot in her calf and it was so bad, but she got another one, I think, in the other leg while she was laying there, you know, but it was like, she couldn't move because of the other one. They were so scared of that. And then, you know, it just was like, right, you're damned if you do damned if you don't.
1: Well, I mean, I can remember even like when I worked in oncology, if somebody had a blood clot, like you didn't, you didn't get them up. Um, right, it's dangerous. Yeah, like they had to be on uh, a blood thinner for like 24 hours before you could get them up. But if they have, a, you know, if they're already on a blood thinner. Yeah. I don't know. Join us on our medical TED talk next time. <laughs> you got TEDs and we got a TED talk
0: about TEDs. Well, meanwhile, uh, we don't know shit. So don't listen to us. Right. Yeah. But we do know we have medical peeps that listen. And what are your thoughts? Look at
1: you, Kelly. Lillian.
0: Mm hmm. Oh, also, I love that he like had this dream for you and then like you went to nursing school and like it happened and i don't know it was just so sweet okay the next one is thank you
1: and a couple of quick things hey ladies greetings from boston recently found your podcast and now i'm listening to episode 184 i spent a good portion of my childhood in connecticut Town, The Warrens, and oh my god, my worst fear, being buried alive. Holy shit, I'm about to lose my mind. You guys are the best and the funniest. Once I figure out how, I'm going to record one of those juicy, hilarious what the fucks and make it my ringtone. Hope that's okay. First thing, my brother used to date a girl that lived in a haunted house and had been investigated by The Warrens. It's another one of those houses with a little furnished drywall over the room that no one ever knew about. Uh, When he was there, a candle lit by itself, something left a message on the answering machine without using the phone, and he heard but didn't see someone run down the stairs slash the hallway. He's a pretty solid dude. Very rational. He's really funny when he tells it. Sorry, I'm not so good at that. My big takeaway is that he says he does not remember picking up his shoes and running out of the house to his car. He doesn't remember touching the ground barefoot. He never went back. Second, does the Jersey Devil count? Kind of lame story, but I used to live in Pine Barrens. I was walking my Samoy dog on a semi-foggy day. If you know dogs, you know that they are alert and good buddies, but aggressive guard dogs, they are not. We reached a spot in the road that was swampy marsh on one side and basically a field of holly. Sharp and ouchy. No saying anything wants to go through that on the other. He stopped, sniffed the air, and started pacing and growling. The entire area had gone completely silent. Not even bugs. Worse, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. My throat seized up, and quite frankly, I wanted to pee my pants. I 100% knew we were being watched by something other. I had to yank pretty hard on the leash to get my doggo to turn around, but we wasted no time getting back home. I had left the door unlocked. Yikes, but it was that kind of area. Being a big chicken, I sent the dog in first. He sniffed around the house and looked at me like I was an idiot because I hadn't gone in yet. Everything seemed fine, except the cat was on top of the exposed beam that crossed the living room. This was not a completely unheard of occurrence, but just added to the creep factor of the afternoon. Even thinking about it now gives me goosebumps. 3. Bittersweet I had what amounts to a midterm stillbirth. It's an experience I wouldn't wish on someone I hated. I had such a horrific time with my postpartum grief, it pretty much ended my marriage. Fast forward to when my little pumpkin pie would have been about a year old. I was having a terrible time after seeing what dreams may come. BTW, what the actual hell, that movie needs a warning. I was sitting in the middle of the living room floor bawling my eyes out when all of a sudden I could feel exactly what it feels like when a toddler hugs you that baby soft hair on my cheek, little arms around my neck, and there was a smell, like a combination of me and my ex. It was the quickest second, but I think it was that little soul coming to comfort me in such a dark time. Finally, a palate cleanser. Funny ambient story. I'm pregnant and I go into labor at 10 p.m. the night before my scheduled c-section. I have a two and a three-year-old that need a babysitter. I have to drive myself to the hospital with a mostly healed broken leg while my husband waits for the grandparents scheduled to arrive in approximately two hours. Things started progressing way faster than expected. They gave me ambient to slow labor progression until my husband can get there. Not so much. I don't remember much after that. A couple of things stand out. I yelled at the orderly that wheeled me into the OR because I was terrified he was going to hit my broken leg on the edge of the door. I wouldn't let the doctor take off my air cast, again, because I was afraid someone was going to walk by and re break my leg. Additionally, I'm told that during the time I was on the table, I switched between telling jokes to keep the staff entertained and insulting slash cursing out my OB because this baby happened after I had my tubes tied. Yes, ladies, I'm the only person who's had their fallopian tubes dealt with twice during C-sections and because everyone asks, no, you can't sue. There's a waiver that you sign when they do the procedure that you never expect to be an issue. So, I know these aren't terrific, but I hope these entertain you like your podcast has entertained me. Thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. You can use these if you want, but please don't use my name.
0: These stories were not boring. They, 10 out of 10. Right again. Don't recommend a haunted house, but... No, but the Warrens. Oh my god. Also, a candle lighting itself and stuff? Mm Mm-mm. I mean, I want to see it, but I don't want to see it. I don't think I want to see it. (laughs) That is wild. That is wild. Also, I had no idea Ambien slowed down labor stuff. Me neither. Clearly not so well, but me neither. (laughs) And also, you are totally who I would be without Ambien. Like, oh, don't hurt my leg though. Don't, oh, good. Like, I will hurt my leg trying to get them to not hurt my leg. Catch a cramp or something trying to tighten up. Uh Uh-huh. That's hilarious. All right, the next one. Hey, girlies. I just recently started listening to your podcast and I fell in love with Sinister Sightings. I want to tell you guys this scary dream that I had. I believe it's connected to sinister things. This happened back in March. It was 2 a.m. when I had this dream. My friend, we'll call her Amy, posted on TikTok and I was watching it. I immediately knew something wasn't right because the video wasn't something that she would normally post. She was sitting on the floor and there was a window behind her and her caption on the video was like, do you see it? And there was something there in the window behind her. I tried to exit the video because it was night, but her TikTok was getting louder and louder and my room kept getting darker. Then I couldn't move. I was in sleep paralysis. I noticed that my room wasn't my room and it felt like something else was in there with me, but it wasn't a good energy. The energy felt like it was going to hurt me or at least try to scare me but I closed my eyes and I kept trying to tell my Alexa to turn the lights on, but it wouldn't work. I kept telling myself to not open my eyes because something was in front of me. Then I heard a cough next to me like someone was laying in my bed with me. I then wake up and physically jump like I gasp like they do in the movies. I turn on my LED lights and get out of there because I did not want to be in there with whatever was in there. Anyways, I've never had a dream like that since, and I hope I don't ever have one like that again. Creep it real. I love you guys. Savannah. Well, I don't
1: want to dream like that either.
0: No, but how 2022 is that? What? The turn on the LED lights? Turn on the LED lights. Tell my Alexa to turn on my lights on. And your friend posted on TikTok. So true. (laughs) Like, that is what scary stories will be. You know, like those are like. So true. I didn't even think of that. You're so smart. okay but that sounds like a really fucking scary dream <laughs> i don't want it i hate how real dreams feel okay
1: the next one hello girls you guys can call me diane i prefer not to use my real name i'm 18 years old and i'm sending this from florida i'm an avid listener to your podcast but i've never submitted anything Someone else's story reminded me of my own, so I decided I'll get in on the fun. I've never really had any crazy paranormal things happen to me, despite being extremely interested in it all since I was a kid. I was, to be honest, quite envious of people who claimed to have premonition dreams because I had never experienced anything like it. Of course, my turn came when I was a sophomore in high school. I was dating this girl, let's call her R., I knew she was trouble, and she'd even cheated on me before, but I was completely smitten as my 15-year-old self. When we had gotten back together, I always had a bad feeling about R, but didn't really care. Clearly, I really liked this girl. One night, I had a really vivid dream that she cheated on me again, and she said something to me that I can't quite remember anymore. I want to preface here that I never really remember my dreams and rarely have ones that are so vivid where there are actual conversations happening within them. So I actually did remember this dream when I woke up the next morning for school. I had a sick feeling in my stomach as I headed to school and met up with R as usual. At some point during the day, one of my friends told me she had spotted R kissing someone. And I found out she was, in fact, cheating again. This wasn't all that surprising, but when I called her after school to confront her, she said the exact same thing that she had spoken in my dream. I was completely taken aback by this, but eventually I forgot this even happened, and now I can't remember what she said. Anyway, after having some time to reflect on this, it's extraordinarily weird because I realized I had a sick feeling in my stomach before a relationship ended. I was quite the chronic dater in my school years. Well, about a year and a half later, it was late at night, and I was laying in bed trying to sleep. Keyword, trying. I've never had trouble sleeping, even in stressful times. It's probably my best talent. same Z's. So, as I'm laying here, just thinking about my plans for the next day, the most random thought occurs to me. My mother's going to pass away. Though it was my own thought, I was kind of startled. For some context, I haven't seen my mother in probably 10 years at that point, And I had no intention of seeing her in my near future. She was never a good mother to me. But, of course, I still wanted to amend our relationship in the future years to come. So, of course, the thought of her passing away made me upset and panicked. But I was able to calm myself enough to finally fall asleep. My mother was only 38 at the time, so it wasn't really logical for me to be afraid of her passing. You can probably guess where this is going. The next morning, my dad broke the news to me and my brothers. I was completely overcome with grief and confusion. How is it that I knew of her passing before I had been told? She had passed away the night I thought about it. We didn't know until the next morning. I truly believe my mother visited me that night to say her goodbyes, especially because, strangely enough, she texted my brother mere hours before her death saying she loved him. When she was alive, we hardly ever heard from her. Thank you guys for reading. I know it wasn't too spooky or anything, but definitely some unexplainable things that have happened to me. Hope you guys have a great day. XOXO.
0: I bet when your girlfriend said those same words that she said in the dream Uh uh-huh it's like it's all coming back it's all coming back to me now like what and then you want to do that part on legally blonde you bitch
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't stomp your last season prior she said me honey that's what he says i know but
0: you did that so like with such gusto (laughs) it freaked me out i was like oh shit she put her chest into it
1: (laughs) Also, I'm so sorry about your mother. Like, I
0: know it didn't sound like you were very close, but that doesn't matter. It's still your fucking mother. Right. And just like you said, she was young enough that you were like, okay, yeah, well, I'm mad at you right now. But in a year, in five years, in 10 years from now. She's only 38. Yeah. I want to talk to you and I want to make this right. Or you can have the opportunity to make it right with me. Whatever. There is a future there. All right. Next one. Hi, ladies. It's been a while since I've sent anything in. Not sure if that's a good or a bad thing, but I'll take it as good? Question mark. The other night, I was getting my three-year-old to bed. Went to grab his pajamas, like always. Went across the hall. Didn't bother to turn the lights on in his room, because why would I? I can see from the hall light. At this point, I see out of the corner of my eye a stuffed Santa on my son's bed that's been there for months. Leap off the bed. I jumped hard. Squeaked, Turned to the direction of the Santa, got out that pointer finger, and yelled, Hey, not cool. Pretty sure I scolded an entity. My son will run around and talk about ghosts after this incident happened. Nah, buddy. I'm pretty sure they're over my rules already. I'm too strict. And they didn't leave their names, so I don't know if they want it out there or not. You scolded a ghost or something. Right? That little Santa was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I just love that. Hey, not cool. Not cool. That said, I was like, I was just trying to get the elf ready.
1: (laughs) Just showed him how to move around. (laughs) Hi, ladies. I recently found your podcast, and I feel like I have found my people. I have even introduced you to my office mates, one of whom is my sister. And yes, we get along most of the time. Who love listening with me throughout our workday. We all love true crime and paranormal. We recently listened to episode 99, where you're talking about Tiffany killing Gizmo. As I'm working away and listening, out of the corner of my eye, I see my sister turn and stare at me. Why do you ask? Because Tiffany is my spirit sister. This happened in the past as well, but in the last year, three people that I have known throughout my life that I have lost contact with, unfortunately passed away within days slash weeks of me bringing them up out of the blue in an innocent discussion with someone else. Usually, it's along the lines of, hey, have you heard from so-and-so? How are they doing? I was just thinking of them the other day. I've also warned people about accidents. My ex-husband called me a witch because so many of the warnings I gave him came to fruition. Though I just think that it was because I knew how he pushed things and wasn't always careful. I guess he should have listened to me more. Don't worry, he's still alive as far as I know. These things don't happen often, but often enough that other people have noticed. I think I'm just observant and can suss out what could potentially go wrong with a situation. Thanks for making my work days more interesting and creep it real anonymous.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) The
1: the shit I talk about. (laughs) Literally everything. You tell everything. You tell my everything. You tell your everything. You tell (laughs) Tiffany's everything. You tell everyone's everything. R.I.P. Gizmo.
0: R.I.P. You almost killed him. Mm, Yes, but I didn't. He was living a happy life until Tiffany mentioned him, and then he was curled up dead on a rock.
1: Yeah, but he almost didn't have rocks because you almost left him as a damn water animal (laughs) when he's not. Well,
0: they are. Until they're not. Yeah. Look, again, that was the mall's fault. Also, I just love that your sister is like we are. Mm-hmm. Like, we would just be like, mm-hmm. slowly roll that computer chair out and just look <laughs> at you. I don't know. In my head, y'all have
1: cubicles side by side. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's the best. Okay. Last one. Possession? question mark. Hey, ladies. I didn't think I would be one to write into a podcast, but here I am. Y'all have changed me. For the better. <laughs> Currently writing this while listening, the chokehold y'all have on me is insane. This was terrifying at the same time funny, now looking back on it. This will be long, but I'm not sorry because I always love the long, sinister sightings. This story takes place when I was probably 13. Names have been changed. This story includes my cousin and my two best friends at the time. We were always together. A little backstory. One of my friends, we'll call her Grace, was raised by her grandmother due to her mother being murdered by her father when she was just a few months old. Oh my gosh. So me and the three of us decided one night we wanted to contact Grace's mom from beyond the grave. Why did we think this was a good idea? Beats me. Do we have a Ouija board? Absolutely fucking not. What we did have was a candle. That's it. A fucking candle. Anyway, we also set up two cameras, a digital camera and a camcorder. Again, why? Who knows? Anyway, we sit in the dark trying to contact Grace's mom, and of course, we're getting nowhere. So, we decided to call it quits. We blow out the candle and grab the cameras to watch, expecting something to happen. Well, both of the cameras shut off at the exact same moment. We're kind of freaked out, but nothing too alarming. Then, out of nowhere, my cousin, let's call her Paige, starts hyperventilating and rocking back and forth with her head in her knees. What the fuck? Nope, nope, nope. This goes on for what feels like forever, and we cannot calm her down. Finally, I decided to wake up my mom very frantically, screaming that Paige has been possessed. (laughs) Bless her soul, she jumps up and runs to the living room trying to unpossess her. We lived in a trailer, probably 20-30 years old, so it was most definitely not haunted, so I'm not sure why I immediately assumed she was possessed. Anyway, my mom then runs out to the car, grabs my inhaler for the asthma that I eventually grew out of, and forces it into Paige's mouth. Somehow this snaps her out of it, and she's just calm. She didn't remember anything that happened. We all calm down, get a stern talking to from my mom, and go back to bed to wake up to go to church the next day. Evidently, my mom told our preacher what we had been doing the night before, so before the service, our preacher pulled us aside to tell us the dangers of trying to contact the dead. We all laugh now, looking back. I also know y'all love ambient stories, but I don't have any. What I do have is sleepwalking stories. A few short ones. I used to be a bad sleepwalker when I was little. My aunt caught me peeing in the garbage can <laughs> in the kitchen. The same aunt woke up to me choking her. And I also sleptwalked from my house to my grandma's house and woke up to her tucking me in on the couch. Those are just a few instances. Now I'm done. Much love, Bea from Alabama. That poor damn aunt. And your mama, though. Wake up, wake up. Paige is possessed. (laughs) True. Can you imagine?
1: That is a slumber party nightmare right there. Yes. That is a feather stiff as a board going way wrong.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. I could just imagine, like, just one being woke up out of a deep sleep. It's so, like, just jarring. Like, it makes my insides jump. Yes. Oh, my God. I I love how you write it. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Like, a candle.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know what? Y'all were just being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Industrious.
0: Yes. (laughs) Also, I just have to say that they spelled Ouija question mark. How do I spell that? (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. I just love it. That's so funny. Wow. These stories were amazing,
1: y'all. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. We love them. If you want your story read, send it in to us, paranormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it
0: real and and don't don't get scared. scared. And my birthday is soon. Oh, God. Happy birthday. Shh. Say it on my birthday. Just kidding. I want you to do it every day.